Hello and welcome back to another Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. It looks like Burmo's not here this week, so it'll just be myself and Mooney going through the teams this week. Moon, how'd you how'd you go this week? Yeah, pretty well actually. Cracked a cracked a decent score for once. So yeah, things you'd love to see. Hey, how about yourself? Yeah, did pretty good. Uh, got just a little over eleven hundred thousand, hundred thousand, eleven hundred, which is you know not too bad. Makes me uh, move up the ranks a little bit further, closer to the top one hundred. So I'm. Um, I'm pretty chuffed with myself, actually. Getting yeah, love far. that. Don't jinx yourself this week. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> that's that's about it. That's all the chat I've got for, for this week on my team. Um, but uh, anyway, talking about the week that just was, uh, were there any you know big performers, uh, bad performers that you want to talk about? Uh, a lot of big performers, to be honest, um, this week. You know, it did a couple of tons in clear in Tedesco, popular owned, um, big scores from people like Harry Grant. Um, for me, it was a big one. With little Papi coming back to fullback, I was loving watching yeah. that for fantasy purposes. Um, you know, a few big scores here and there. People at Trindle who have had our eyes on still cracking down with decent scores. So, yeah, yeah Pappenhausen few... actually looked like he was a lot more confident this week, starting and you know getting into the rhythm of the game a lot better than he was for the last couple of weeks off the bench. So, that's very good coming in the last couple of rounds, right? It was really good watching him be selfish with the ball as well because it was just a few <laughs> extra fantasy points in there just boosting those scores. That was something you wanted to see. Absolutely. And a couple of disappointing ones, like uh, I guess like David Fafida um, started the game and just didn't look like he was going to do anything. Yeah, for, yep, absolutely. It was, it was a bit of a curse. Could kind of see it coming though, looking at the matchup against the Storm. Latrell yep. also killed me with a try with only a 30, but against the Panthers also matchup. That was always going to be a killer. And Isaiah Papali for a lot of a lot of owners with only a forty-three. The front row move is not not helping at all. Yeah, you were absolutely right about that, calling it last week that uh, his move to the front row was not going to help his scores much more of a hindrance, I think. Yeah. He he it's not like he didn't get through a lot of work. He just I I just don't think he got the minutes on the field and yeah. The just... tackle breaks, the lack yeah. of tackle breaks is forty three and forty six minutes and looking at his stats, oh that's a lie. He's got five tackle breaks, tw- only twenty one tackles though. So yeah. the minutes, forty six minutes, he normally gets around the sixty to seventy. He can play eighty as well on his day, so yeah. a bit unfortunate, but I think most people have him um coming into the last couple of rounds. I think it's you've just gotta bear with him really. Yeah. Hope yeah, he does better. Gonna have to. And our boy Anthony Milford. <laughs> Shout out to all those thousands of people who messaged me saying that Captain Dim paid off. Well done. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> uh, if anyone captained Milford, geez, <laughs> you've got bigger, bigger balls than we do. That's for sure. Smash it. That, that man, he's good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, let's get into some, uh, some teams. I think this one's going to be a little bit different because a lot of uh, – Head-to-head uh, teams had their finals this week, so I think we'll touch on probably the the, the kind of potential players that we think will go go big um, instead of players you know you want to trade in for you know a little bit of a value buy there. But uh, I think we focus on the players that actually are going to do bits this week, just because most people need players that are going to do big things over the next uh, two weeks leading into the end of uh, fantasy season. So we'll start off with the. Thursday night game, which sees the Knights take on the Titans. Could be a bit of anything here. Uh, so for the Knights, uh, Clemmer has entered an early guilty plea for his a guilty plea for his contrary contact charge. Um, so he'll miss one game, and he's replacing the front row by Suasa Sue. Frisell returns from his one-game ban and pushes Brody Jones back to the bench. And for the Titans, Tyrone Peach, he's been named at 5'8", and Ash Taylor's been dropped from the side. 
Proctor's been named despite suffering a shoulder injury against the Storm, so it'll be possibly a laid out there. Uh, Fodawaker returns from a knee injury via the bench. Lasone drops out to the reserves list, and David Fafida is named to start from the bench this week, with Bo Firma named to start in the number 12 jersey. Uh, Rain has been recalled at hooker, pushing Aaron Clark to the bench as well, with Phillips Army coming onto the wing at the expense of Greg Marzu. So, what do you make of this one, Moon? This could go either way, really. Yeah, two surprise package teams sort of thing. You don't really know what we're going to get week in, week out. Really enjoying watching the Knights play each week. They've just got a few a few people that are really enjoying watching. The combinations of um, Mitchell Pierce with Mitchell Barnett and Bradman Best down that edge is really good. And Caleb Pong sweeping around the back. I'm, I'm loving watching. It could be a, I reckon this is going to be a high-scoring game uh, score-wise and fantasy-wise. Not loving the – still not loving the addition of Chris Randall on the bench for – for Jaden Braley's yeah. fantasy prospects. That was spewing last week. He got 48 and 70-odd minutes. Gave yeah, him a spell. Yeah. yeah, it looks really good. Just if he gets those extra 10 minutes, he probably is pushing 60-ish because he, start, he started running out of dummy half last week, which was great. So Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of that in the last couple of weeks from Braley, um, especially looking at his scores. You, know, you, you want to see scores around the 70 rather than the 50, but yeah, he was actually looking good and... Randall's just not going to help his scores for the next couple of weeks. I mean, still probably getting around a 45, 50-odd, but not, you know, anything amazing, right? No, not the, not the 60s that we saw at the start of the year, I think. Yeah, he hasn't really hit that for a while. No, no. Connor Watson playing big minutes of luck. Loving that. Yeah, so Asasu into the front row means that he's probably destined to, you know, play 60, 70 around that lock, lock forward role. Yeah, right. This... Momo Isa, I don't know how to say that name, sorry. Um, he, he, I don't even know if he got in the park last week, and if he did, he did not play very many minutes at all. Have a quick look. Um, yeah, he did. He got nine last week. Uh, 16 minutes, there you go. So actually all their bench players played 30 minutes for Suaso Su, 18 minutes, 16 minutes, and 13 minutes for the other three on the bench. Yeah. And the bench is just about the same this week. So yeah, big minutes for all those starting Starting players probably set for Suaso soon. Yeah, absolutely. So Watson, Watson stocks are going back up ever ever since everyone said he was a sell about two or three <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, yeah nah, can't get rid of your boy, right? No, no, I love him. <laughs> and I guess from the Titans, uh, what do you think about Peachy in the in the halves? Obviously, he's going to get more points because he's actually on the park. But do you reckon he's going to go big, or do you reckon it's just going to be kind of a middle of the road? performance no, I, I think it's big for him i just think the fact that he's on the field he he seems to find the ball and he loves running it so especially playing at six you know he's allowed to be the running six that he is so i expect a lot of uh, a lot more attacking stats than what we have been seeing for him always seems to find a line break and some tackle breaks so yeah i like this a lot unfortunate for toby sexton not to get not to get yeah. the gig but you know it's it's good if you have Tyrone Peach. I don't know how many people actually own him, but he was he was big mid season when he was playing lock, and then you know kind of got sharp and went to the bench, and then is now sort of making comeback for the last couple of rounds where he'll probably be if Ash Taylor doesn't come back and shouldn't come back. So yeah, I don't think Taylor's going to be coming back into this squad uh, for the rest of this season most likely. But Peachy was quite heavily owned, obviously in the centres when he was playing at lock, but uh, since he's moved back to the bench, he's Dropped to just below 10% ownership, but people obviously still have him. Not having trades, people not checking their teams probably is more likely um, towards the back end of the year. But yeah, I think if you've got him, he's probably um, going to be very good in the centres um, in fantasy for your team. Yeah. Uh, he'll be scoring around probably 45, 50, I'd say, 
Uh, base stats um, might be a bit low, but you would expect some attacking stats in a game like this against the Knights, especially when they're pushing to try to make it make the eight. This is actually a really important game. Both of these teams are fighting to get to get into the eight, so or Knights obviously Knights, sitting. Yeah, two wins into the eight. So if they win, they're guaranteed guaranteed eight. Because if they if they lose and then the, they're sitting seventh, so if eight, nine, ten all win both of their games, then Knights drop out. Yeah, Knights just need one win to secure the eight, whereas yeah. everyone that's in, like you said, eighth, ninth, tenth, uh, I think they're sitting on 20 points. So, yeah, um, yeah it, anyone anyone goes there. I think it's... Who is it? It's the Sharks, the Titans, yes. and the Raiders, I that's think. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, they're all fighting to get that, that lucky eighth spot, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anything more to say about this this game? I'm really not sure who's going to... Probably go big. I, if you had to put a Dave Fafita running at running at Jake Clifford, I like that a lot. <laughs> Off the bench, still think he's going to go big. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I, Kevin Proctor, I dare say that he'll drop out. Uh, they'll put uh, Dave Fafita. I'd say starting. There's not really any other yep. starting second rowers in their extended bench or on their actual bench. So I'd say he goes in and plays eighty with both firm or sitting at twelve, or they shift them around, whatever. And yeah, Jake Clifford, RIP. Sorry, mate. You're gonna, gonna get trouble for big old Dave, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have a lot of trouble with him running at him. I think uh, Connor Watson gonna go big. Titans generally concede a lot of points, and I think Watson around the middle. Yeah, yeah will be like absolutely that. haunting them. This good game. for a missed tackle, the Titans. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on to the first of the Friday night games, the Warriors taking on the Raiders. Uh, another big one for the Raiders. They need a win from this game. Uh, so for the Warriors, Matt Lodge returns from suspension, pu- pushing Jermaine Tanoa Brown to the reserves list, while Wade Egan returns at hooker, with Tavanga moving back to the bench. Uh, Josh Curran has been named despite uh, copping a head knock against the Broncos. O'Sullivan moves into 5'8", with Chanel Harris-Tavita moving out of the squad, and Cody Nicarima returns via the bench. Uh, for the Raiders, uh, Matt Frawley takes over at halfback for Sam Williams, who's been dropped to the reserves. Uh, Rapana holds the fullback spot with uh, Chance Nickel Clockstar uh, still on the bench and no sign of Jared Croker either, who's out with a knee injury currently. Uh, Corey Horsburgh returns from his stint at the Bulldogs to fill a bench spot with Dynamis Louie dropping out of the squad. And Saliva Havili is the new name on the bench. Haven't seen him in a while. No. Um, and that's it for the Raiders team. Uh, this one should be quite interesting. Obviously, Warriors... Uh, we're on a bit of a win streak till the week just gone, um, and the Raiders needing a win. How do you see this one going? I think this is going to be a really good game, just quietly. Love the addition of Matt Frawley at seven. Tom was giving me, he was ranting about this midweek, saying, get Matt Frawley in this team and give him control because Sam Williams sucks, and he's just <laughs> doing my head inside. Love that he's been given reins at seven. I think that's a much better halves pairing. Better for Jack White, too. Feels like he has to do a whole lot less and let him do his thing. With yeah. the Raiders, fantasy-wise, they're, they're a bit of a surprise pack. You know, all of them, they'll, they'll go big one week and then they'll be ordinary the next week. So I would bank on any of them going big. Hudson Young has probably been the most consistent when he's been playing 80 minutes. He scored 67 from 80 last week. So <laughs> Take probably, that down, Dunham. Yeah, yeah. Yep, there you go. Shout <laughs> out. Probably the only one that I can see getting a decent score. But against the Warriors, his attacking stats on uh, available. So, you know. Who knows? It's whoever scores all the tr- all the, the tries, I think, for the Raiders. Yep. Yeah. Which is frustrating, but... Yeah, what, what else do you reckon? So, from this Raiders team, um, Tomoko was quite surprising 
um, on the weekend. He didn't score a try or anything, but geez, he was breaking tackles for fun. I think he ended the game with 11 tackle busts and a score of 80. So um, do you think he's a decent little little option to go? Yeah, oh, absolutely. If you if you have him, because I know you and I brought him in however long ago that was and yeah. loved it. He, he looks so good when he plays. I love the addition of him in this team. Just, I don't know why he hasn't been playing more footy this year, Jared Croker. I, I think yeah. his contract's being talked about at the end of this year anyway, so I think they really like him to sit in this centre spot. So, yeah, love it. If you have him, excellent. One, one to sit in your loop spot, I think, because um, he could very easily produce a, de- a decent score as well against against the Warriors with lots of attacking stats, a lot of tackle breaks. Warriors love a missed tackle as well. So, yeah, yeah I like bit- that a lot bit unfortunate for him. He's been be, what, behind Sebastian Chris in the pecking order and he's needed, yeah. obviously, Curtis Scott out and um, Captain Croker out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, lucky that he's in the squad now. He's actually, yeah, I think he's going to be probably one of the, the centres for the Raiders for the years to come as long as he stays fit. Uh, yeah, Tomoko agreed. breaks way too many tackles to be out. Um, and from the Warriors, I think a Lodge being back um, might affect Adam Fanua Blake a little bit. How do you think that's going to go down this week with Fanua Blake being on fire the last couple of weeks without Lodge in the squad? No, I don't reckon it's going to really affect. I reckon they'll have the same the same rotation they do. They play Adam Fanua Blake for 35-odd minutes in the first half, let him sit out for 20 minutes maybe, and then play him for the last... 20 because as soon as both of those players go off the field, the Warriors seem to shit themselves. So, um, yeah. I think that they're gonna they'll manage the rotation a little bit closer where they try and have one of them on the field at all times because they've both been leaders and they both look excellent on the field over the last few weeks when they've both been playing. So, uh, I think that both of them probably get big minutes, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what do, you, what do you think about Josh Curran? Does he play? No, nah, he looked really bad last week. If you if you saw him hobbling off the field, very he was so sick. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. I would not be surprised if Eli Katoa comes in uh, for him on the on the ben- um, off the bench. So, but look, who knows? Who knows really? Yeah, I've got a feeling that uh, yeah, he's probably going to drop out for this one game um, for the Warriors. Uh, it's a bit unfortunate because he was he's been so good. But yeah, I think give him a rest, one week off, get your head right, and then back next week, so yeah. probably not worth dropping. Just hold him Agreed. Um, for now. You and Aiken, also, you, how good's he yeah, been, though? I was literally just about to say that. You and Aiken has been very good, you know, consistent 55-60s from him. Um, very, looks actually dangerous on an edge. Um, yeah. Obviously, he looked dangerous at centre, but he just didn't get the ball often enough, and being on an edge, he's, you know, straight line running is actually really good. So, um, yeah, I wonder if he's going to keep that spot going into next year or if he's going to move back to centre or what they do there. It'll be... Well, it makes him a very interesting prospect for next year fantasy if he gets a starting edge role. I just think he's getting a little bit the ball a little bit earlier, so he has more time to break tackles yeah. and to worry the defence, whereas at centre, he was getting the ball at the line where he just had no time. That's, that's what he did at the Dragons, right? He got the ball sort of 10 metres before the line where he could use his late footwork just to break a few tackles. He would break the line quite regularly. He was always a, a form centre sort of at that, yeah. you know. Always is probably a strong word. He was <laughs> quite often a good good option uh, fantasy-wise for centres of the Dragons. So, yeah, I like him. He's been looking really good and has been a little bit potty over the last few weeks. If I don't know how many people have actually brought him in, but he seems to be reasonably popular now. Yeah, I mean, if you had uh, Ewan Aitken or if you picked him up three or four weeks ago when he first came into that edge position, I think he's only owned by 2.5% Aitken. So if you picked him up, geez, you're, you're sitting pretty at the moment because he hasn't scored less than a 50, I don't think. Um, since he's come into that edge spot. Um, anyway, for the for the Warriors uh, and the Raiders here, who do you think who do you think top scores? 
um, Reese Walsh, I think. I Reese Walsh. Yeah, look, oh, he had a cracking. He had a pretty good game last week, and I think that both these teams are going to leap points. Reese Walsh is in everything for the Warriors. Last pass, always good for a try, always good for a line break, tackle break. So I just think that he's going to be all over it. Otherwise, even Jordan Rapana, again, good for a tackle break. He's been reasonably good at fullback the last few weeks, so I can see him scoring a decent score as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. I what, I can't agree with your decisions there. I. I was thinking Jordan Rapana as well, but just to go out on a limb, I think Hudson Young. If Josh Curran doesn't play, Hudson Young, top scorer. Yeah, okay, I like that. Righto, moving on to the uh, Friday night game. We have the Roosters taking on the Rabbitohs. Should be a very, very good game, this one. <clears throat> For the Roosters, Adam Kieran uh, is out, along with uh, Nat Butcher with a knee injury. Um, so that sees Lachlan Lamb move from the halfback position into the centres, and Egan Butcher replaces his brother in the starting front row, uh, second row spot. Sam Walker starts at halfback uh, after coming off the bench last week. Marshke and White are the new faces on the bench. And Brad Abbey has been named on the wing to make his first, uh, play his first NRL game since 2018 with the Raiders. Jeez, long time out for Abbey. Yeah, it's right uh, back. For the Rabbitohs, uh, Kolomatangi has accepted a two-match ban for his crusher tackle. Uh, so Jaden Sua has taken his spot in the starting second row. Uh, Josh Mansour looks like his season's over with an MCL injury from last week, so he's replaced by Jackson Paulo on the wing. Uh, Junior Totola has passed a HIA assessment. Uh, well, there you go, head injury assessment assessment on Friday night. Um, but we'll need to go through further tests to see if he starts. And uh, he's been named on the bench with Tom Burgess named to start. Uh, Moon, this game, do you think the Rabbitohs will run away with it or do you think the Roosters will be able to hold them out with geez, even more injuries to their squad? I think that the Bunnies are going to be way too good. Look, the forward packs, yeah, both pretty you know, decent. The Roosters have just been done over by injuries here. Egan Butcher starting the second row. Decent little player, inexperienced is going to be the issue. And having people like Lockie Lamb out of position and Brad Abbey on the wing, no, I think um, who is on the left edge for the Roosters? I think that is um, going to be Joey Manu. And, Manu and Abbey. And, yeah, Manu and, uh, Manu and Abbey, yeah, there will be Probably. on that edge. So Abbey's going to have a nightmare with Alex Johnson, Dan Gagai, Luttrell, and Cody Walker sweeping around that side. So. Yeah. I think it's all going to come down to how they handle that. If they handle it well, it's going to be a cracking game. If they don't, then they're in. They're going to leg some points. Yeah, that's fair. The Roosters have done surprisingly well over the last couple of weeks. They've been getting injuries week after week, and for some reason, or somehow, they keep coming out and are able to score points. So um, good on them. But this week, the Rabbitohs, after losing just last... Well, I, I say just. They ended up losing by, what, 18 points, I think, in the end, or something like that. But... It was very much a close game until like the last 20. So, yeah, it could be um, Rabbitohs could really come back at the Roosters here and have a big score put on them. Fantasy sakes, I hope so. Got a lot riding on all of these <laughs> these uh, Rabbitohs blokes. Yeah. So, what do you what do you think about uh, Damian Cook? A lot of news about him being rested this week. He has been named to start, but uh, Peter Mamazoulis uh, is named on the reserves and could be a late in. Um, what do you think the probability of that happening is? Bunnies have got nothing to lose here. They've got third place wrapped up. They they won't drop any lower. They can't drop any lower. They probably won't go any higher. So the and the Roosters have everything to play for. So I do think that they'll rest um, 
impressed Damian Cook. Wayne's known to rest his players. So, yeah, I think that he'll be a late out and um, Mamazoulis will come in and play, you know, a decent amount of time at nine with Benji off the yeah. bench. I was kind of surprised that he hasn't rested people like Cameron Murray, but as you, you we talked about this before the show, and you said that Cameron Murray is looking like he's going to play a huge minutes with this bench, and I tend to agree now that I'm looking at it. Jacob Host is probably the only person who's going to take minutes off him, and Jacob Host isn't a fit bloke who's going to play decent minutes in that busy busy spot of locks. And Cameron Murray's been a 65-minute lock the whole year, so I think yeah. that there's probably going to be a Jai Arrow might even lose um, they'll do 40-40 with Jai Arrow, Jacob Host, and maybe someone takes a few minutes off Cameron Murray. So I do think he probably plays closer to 70, if not a little more Cameron Murray. So he's on for a big score this week, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Murray's gonna is due for a big big score. I know he came off the back of a 60 last week, but he yeah he's due for a for a big one. I think against the Roosters here, could be closer to 70 or an 80 even, uh, if he yeah. gets 80 minutes. Um it's it's funny you mentioned that. So the fact that the Rabbitohs can't go any higher and can't really lose out on that third position, um, the fact that Bennett hasn't rested players this week, what do you think they're going to look like next week? Um, if we I'm have scared. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people have, you know, the likes of, uh, you know, Mitchell, Gagai, even Walker, definitely Murray. Like there's a lot of players from this team that a lot of people have. And if they can't really move anywhere, most likely that, that week before the first round of finals, they're probably going to get a rest, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he rests them entirely. He might even just let them play less minutes on the day. They might just yep. give them an early mark. Check it up. Yeah. Which, you know, actually probably hurts you more if you can afford to trade them out and you know that they're not going to play. You're not going to play, then you can afford to trade them out if you can, if you have that luxury. Yep. Otherwise, if I see Latrell Mitchell named, I'm going to start him. And let's say he plays 50 minutes and he gets me a, a 20, then that's going to hurt. So <laughs> just wanted to sort of think about, yeah, don't know. Knowing that they're going to play the Panthers round one, I, I, they could go two ways about it. They could just keep their form going, sort of risk it for the biscuit and go into the game sort of all out, knowing that they get a week off the week after if they win. Or they could sort of try and rest with their players next week. I don't know who their matchup is, but I think they've got a reasonably easy one. Um, just they are it. playing the uh, dragons. No, yep, correct. So, look, I yeah. I reckon they probably rest. Like a lot of teams are going to be doing it next week, especially the ones in the top eight. They're probably going to be resting their players um, going into the first round of finals. Um, and he, and like you said, they might not rest them, but they're definitely going to give them reduced minutes, which is going to hurt. So it's something just to keep in mind for for next week when we get to those teams. But we'll That's next week's next issue. Week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but the Roosters, how about Teddy, eh? Been in tremendous form. I think there was a stat. He had 31 runs and nearly made just under 350 metres. Yeah, he sort of Something slots like in as the first receiver. So he gets his hands on the ball a lot, which yeah. has given him more attacking stats. He's got the odd kick metres, more try assists. He's unlucky to snag a few tries last week, Teddy. So yeah, I think he got chased down by Jack DeBellin at one point down yeah, down the wing. Yeah, how good is that? <laughs> Jack is... DeBellin didn't do much last week, but he did chase down James. <laughs> yeah. Tedesco, so I'll give Which him is that. kind of good to watch. I don't don't mind that at all. No, look, I, there's no one really note of note um, in this Roosters team apart from James Tedesco, in my opinion. James Tedesco has been in cracking form. So interesting to see how he goes against this this pretty red hot South team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's probably about it from that team. Yeah. Uh, Verils has been surprisingly good. I guess he's a good uh, interchange player. If you've got him, um, 
obviously if you can afford to move him to the emergencies, that's even better. But uh, yeah, I think most people have probably picked him up and are playing him on the bench at the, at the moment, but he's been yeah. pretty handy. Yeah, being able to slot in nicely when my team's been struggling and scored a couple of 40s <laughs> last few weeks, so I have been loving that. Yeah, I think he's been between 45, 50 is his, is his scoring range for the last couple of weeks, which is good, up from his 30s that he was getting. Uh, anyway, moving on to the first of the Saturday games, sees the Dragons take on the Cowboys. Okay, let's get through these. <laughs> Um, so there's plenty of changes in the Dragons team. So Tyrell Sloan moves into fullback in place of Matt Dufty. Blake Laurie returns from a hand injury at prop. And Josh McGuire is also moved from hooker to prop with Sullivan taking his hooker position. Uh, Jack DeBellin goes from prop back to lock. Uh, and Tarek Sims moves from lock to the second row with Tyrell Fuimeono taking the other second row spot. Oh, wait, sorry. No, moving from second row to the bench. My bad. Uh, Michaela Ravalawa has been named to play despite having a HIA on the weekend. Uh, he may or may not drop out of the squad, uh, depending on how he goes this week. And Freddie Lussick comes on to the bench as well, lone player from... Where is Lussick? He was at the Roos? I actually don't know. Freddie Lussick? Uh, Freddie Lussick, he... Hang on, sorry, where am I looking? I actually can't remember where he came from, to be fair. Anyway, it doesn't... Uh, he came from the Roosters. Ah, oh, there you go. Cool. So for the Cowboys, skipper Jason Tamalolo has uh, moved into the front row and Kyle Felt and Murray Tualangi have returned on either of the wings for the Cowboys. Um, Valentine Holmes slides into the centres and Latia Mokadreki drops to the reserves. There you go. No, you know um, that. Thank you. <laughs> um, Dejan Arcee drops out of the side to make way from Holmes' uh, shift to the centres as well. Uh, so with Tamalolo being named at prop, Francis Molo's moved to the reserves and Cotter is being named at lock with Dunn on the interchange. Youngster Griffin Namey returns from suspension on the bench. Yeah, look, uh, not too much to talk about, I don't think, from these two teams. But uh, a popular option last week in the Dragons was uh, Junior Amone in the in the halves. How did you see him? Yeah, looked really good. Very impressed with him. Same with Jaden Sullivan as well, getting a lot of minutes at nine. Uh, loved watching both of them play. They just looked energetic uh, and, and brought a little bit of spark to the to the Dragons, I thought. Uh, really liked watching them play and love the fact that Jaden Sullivan got named at nine again this week. Yeah. Give him give him every chance. They're going to be probably the future of this club, both Jaden Sullivan and Amone. With uh, Corey Norman not there next year, I dare say that he starts at six and uh, Ben Hunt probably plays seven. So, And I, I kind of like that Harves pairing, have, having watched him play. So. Yeah. That's Good cash-out options as well. I think we both both agreed. Amone's probably got job security for the next couple of weeks. Don't know when Ben Hunt's back, but I highly doubt that they're going to rush him back from well, a broken leg, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's in and around this squad for the rest of the year. Look, is it really worth bringing Hunt back for one round? They're not going to make the finals, the Dragons. So Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're probably, probably not going to risk him. Just let him have the, the rest of the yeah. year off. That's his break, I think. He's done. He's carried the Dragons for however long, 20, 20 weeks. <laughs> so. Exactly. Give him a rest, for God's sake. And the Maroons for three games, or a couple of games, however many games he played. So, yeah. Yeah, the last two games. He's done a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, give him a break. <laughs> um, and we're talking about this as well before the pod. Jack DeBellin moving back to lock. Uh, I know we are talking him up a bit last week, but uh, I think in the front row, he just didn't have the same kind of impact he does uh, at lock. 
uh, less minutes too. He got two stints and he came back in like the 30th minute. I re- oh, sorry, the 30th minute. He came back in about the 50th minute. And I thought he was going to play the last 30, which means he was going to probably going to play a total of 60-odd minutes. And then they took him off again, and I was kind of spewing about I don't have Jack DeBellum, but I, I like him in, around this Dragons team. I think he looks good. Uh, so I think that he plays a lot more minutes playing at lock. He'll be more influential, get his, you know, more chance for his ball playing, shifting out the back to Corey Norman or Monet running around. Yeah, so, he's actually yeah. A, good, a good ball player in the middle, and at lock he actually provides a little bit for the team um, yeah. compared to in the front row where he's just running it straight. Agreed. All day. So, um, yeah, I actually like him at lock. He generally will play around 60 minutes from lock and, you know, scores around the 50 to 55 mark, depending on um, tackle busts and whatnot. So, yeah, he's he's a decent option there, but uh, obviously off the back of a pretty rough score from him. Um, for the Cowboys, uh, the Hammer, how'd you, how'd you see him over the week? Over yeah, he's, I, again, I rate him in the same category as Amone and Jaden Sullivan. Brings a bit of spark to the team, like like watching him play, just give him some space. And against the Dragons, I think he could be in for, you know, he actually let loose a little bit, could find himself in some space very easily. So he's he's very strong, that man, surprisingly. So I, I can see him, you know, a couple of runaway tries for him. Yeah, actually, I don't know. I actually prefer him at centre than I do at fullback. Obviously, he gets his hands on the ball a lot more at fullback. But at centre, I feel like he gets the ball in a bit more space and is a little bit less predictable with what he does, if that makes sense. I'm not he, convinced with him under a high ball. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing as well. He does have the odd uh, drop ball as well from a bomb. So, um, But I think if they persist with him at fullback, he could be actually very, very good. So... Uh, do you think that they, that Peyton persists with him at fullback and keeps Holmes in centre or on the wing or whatever they do with him uh, in the future, or do you think they just revert back to their normal pairing with Holmes at fullback and the hammer on a wing or in the centres? I think this is kind of just a trial, I guess. If it goes poorly for them, I think that they'll end up shifting those two back. I didn't actually realise that Val was in the team. I thought he was out. That centre is <laughs> just such an odd spot for him. I don't know why they haven't got him on the wing and Murray Tolungi in the centres. Yeah. I don't know. I'm too scared to ask Tom what he thinks as well because... It could be a shout <laughs> match for about 20 Yes. <laughs> yeah, especially like that in particular, and then Lolo at eight. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I think that is sort of seeing what works. Can they? Yeah. Is it Lolo something they eight. can? Yeah. No, I don't yeah. like it. I'll actually, I hate it. I really <laughs> just think It takes away anything that he has to think about and all he has to do it. Like we talked about this with uh, Cohen Hess, right? He just needs to catch the ball and run straight. It It, it is much simpler for him that way. Yeah, which is good, but oh, I don't like that he's just used as a battering ram. Just mm. no, I, I don't love that. Put him at lock and let him do his thing. Give him sixty-five minutes, and he's been good. Yeah, we'll see how that goes in the front row this week. I think there's still <laughs> a decent amount of teams with Tamalolo in their squad. It's he's he came in at that. Uh, he was a buy at that interesting point where you kind of had to decide on your your final team and yeah, buy so, rounds. Yeah, so ten point seven percent of people still have him in their team, which. I'm not surprised about, but yeah, you'll hope that he hopefully comes into a bit of form in the front row. We'll it's gonna happens. it's gonna have the front row effect, the same effect that it had on Isaiah Papali and Jack DeBellin. Yeah. <laughs> Scoring is going to be shit. <laughs> yeah, I I hate to agree, but yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. Prove me wrong, Jason. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Okay, anyway, moving on to the uh, next Saturday game. Sees the Sharks take on the Broncos. Another must-win game there for the Sharks. Uh, so for the Sharks, uh, Herodi has been named as the replacement for Mulatalo, who broke his jaw. Um, Connor Tracy retains his spot in the centres, and Luke Metcalf gets another start at 5'8". 
Tom, uh, Tolman returns from a one-match suspension via the interchange, forcing Billy Magulius to the extended bench. For the Broncos, Kevy Walters has named an unchanged 17. Look at that. That hasn't happened at all this year, I don't think. Um, yeah, that's it. Moon. I, I think the Broncos actually are in for a chance here. The Sharks obviously put 50 points uh, on the... on the Wait, who'd they, who'd they play last week? Who's that? The, the Broncos? Uh, no, sorry. The, the Sharks, they played the Tigers. They the put Sharks 50 points the Tigers, on the Tigers. Yeah. It looked pretty good, but I think the Broncos might be in for a sniff this week. Yeah, this game is almost just like my wet dream. I reckon Anthony Milford and Matt Moylan on the same pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't oh. get much better than that. I am so excited for this game right now. Oh, I don't know. We mentioned pre-game that uh, pre-game pre-show and in the that started the show that um, Anthony Milford was really good last week. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing him play play this week. I don't know. It's and again the with fantasy scores, it's kind of a you know who knows. Payne Haas is probably in for a big one, and that's really it for the Broncos fantasy wise. Who's actually relevant for the Sharks? Braden Trindle's been up and about, been kind of in everything for the drag uh, for the drags, buddy for the Sharks. Uh, Luke Metcalf looked really good for the the time that he got on the pitch last week. Good to see him snag a double as well. Yeah, uh, there's not really know, much, right? It's, it's very it's hard to... about it. Yeah, like I think we we talked about Trindle. We've talked about him since Johnson's been out. Really, he's been probably the best option to go for in the Sharks team. Very consistent, lots of kick meters, doing all the playmaking, um, and still remains that player. But Metcalf has been a bit interesting at five eight. Uh, last week, um, you know, scored two tries and was up and about, but. All of his points really came from attacking stats, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see if you can kind of keep that up uh, over the next couple of weeks um, as well. But yeah, they're probably. I mean, Ramian still very good. Um, that's probably about it for the the Sharks team. Yeah, we've said it all year that Ramian and SJ slash Trindle have sort of been the only people to to talk about from the yeah. Sharks team. And that I want to stand by. It. Yeah, that's fair. Tolman got a bit of a shout mid-year, but that was when a lot of forwards were out. But yeah, that's, that's yeah. probably about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think move on. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. Uh, moving on to the last game on the Saturday night, which sees the Storm uh, take on Parramatta and hopefully, hopefully not um, get that record that they <laughs> are trying to <laughs> get with the uh, most consecutive wins. Um so, that was a desperate. That was a desperate plead right there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm not confident. If, if you didn't hear it, it definitely didn't sound like confidence. Didn't feel like confidence either. Um. So for the Storm, they welcome back Brendan Smith and Justin Olam, who were arrested last week. Harry Grant goes back to the bench, and Marion Seve drops to the reserves. Jerome Hughes and Tui Kama Kamika have been named to return as well in the halves and at lock. And Nico Hines has moved back to the bench in the number 14 shirt. Um, oh, sorry, Kamo Kamika isn't starting. He's uh, on the reserves. He's just been named back into the team. Um, Dal Finucan has been given another week uh, rest and should return next week. Uh, and winger George Jennings has suffered from that PCL injury again uh, last week. So he has been replaced by Dean Aramia on the wing. Uh, for Parramatta, Blake Ferguson makes his return on the wing to replace Mike Acevo, who's out with a knee injury. And that is all the changes for Parramatta. Just Blake Ferguson straight in. Mooney, I'm worried. I'm very worried. <laughs> yeah, look, I'd be very worried if I were you too. Yeah, we got a win against the Cows, but I, I it was it not wasn't convincing. convincing. <laughs> yeah, not at all. No. Anyway, take us through these two teams. 
look. Okay. On the upside for Parramatta. Really <laughs> liked the look of Will Pedersini. Thought he looked really good. Can break a tackle. Good hard runs. Like that a lot. At sort of a gritty 43 from him. And I think that's kind of where it's going. Mitchell Moses found some space. Again, good to see. Did not look comfortable at all. And I think he's going to be... He's going to be under some pressure this week. A lot of kicking for him, and that's about it. I, don't, I can't see a whole lot of attacking stats for anyone. You know, Gutho, if you have him, I'd be very concerned and would absolutely be considering looping him if on the odd chance he gets a good score because I, I really think he's going to be around the 20s, if that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm worried for any any points coming out of the Parramatta camp here. Um, yep. Moses looked a bit better, better against the Cows, but uh, he was given a lot more space than he will against the Storm, so... Uh, yeah, we're going to be put put under the pump here. I think I think there's going to be a lot of points for a lot of the forwards for Parramatta. A lot of tackles for you know Brown Lane. Um, hopefully Papali'i. But uh, uh, I'm gonna, I want to say yes, but I think that the Storm are so good through the middle that you know people like Harry Grant split you up the gut. So I yeah. think that they're going to be due for a few missed tackles as well. With uh, just because the Storm plays so fast, you know, with that rotation of Brandon Smith, Harry Grant, and then. You know, the likes of Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, and Little Papi. Just that spine is just ridiculous that they can afford to just go wherever they like. So I, I wouldn't even be um, convinced that they're going to score big, the, the Parramatta middles. I think they're going to be buggered. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to get <laughs> run down by the end of this game. Um, speaking of Munster and Hughes, they're both playing um, side by side in the Storm team for the first time in a little while. How do you how do you see them going? Do you think they're both going to be scoring big, or is one going to take control? How do you see that playing out? Yeah, look, I know you're going to disagree with this, but I think that Jerome Hughes will, and I think they're both probably going to score well. I think there's going to be a, a fair amount of attacking stats for both of them. They're, they've both been so good. Jerome Hughes coming up from the headlock, maybe he won't he won't be scoring the seventies that he was. I think that he'll he'll still be up there though. He He's a big part in the storm team. They look to him for, for a little bit of guidance, both with him and Munster. So I think that they're both going to be pretty good. It points everywhere at will pretty much for the storm team, in my opinion, little puppy included. So what yeah. are your thoughts? I, I think that Hughes is probably going to take a bit of a backseat. I think he's going to be closer to the 50 mark and Munster's going to be the one taking um, a lot more of the attacking stats just because Munster takes a lot more of that running um, halfback kind of role and Hughes is generally the more of the playmaking kind of set up kick, kicking kind of half um, for the Storm so I I think against Para it's going to be Munster probably putting on a lot of points rather than Hughes obviously Hughes is still going to get good points in base stats he always will but yeah I think Munster is going to be the one that run away with runs away with it I mean only one of us can be wrong I guess this week unless they both go absolutely crazy um, but like you mentioned it just a second ago Pappenhausen first game back um, starting at fullback, gets a 60-odd. Looked pretty yep. good as well. I think, yeah, uh, looked good. Yeah, do you reckon he continues that for the rest of the year, that he won't get rested again? What do you think is going to happen there? No, I think that he needs some run in the legs. He Again, he gets to the end of games where he does a lot and looks gassed. So I think that it's going to be good for him playing playing 80 minutes. And I think that he'll continue. We, we did say this in the middle of the year, that as soon as he gets a start in that number one jersey, he keeps it and will play 80. I think that it, it sticks this this week as well, and they'll fit in Nico Hines wherever. I don't think that they'll be resting resting him. They might, you know, take Jerome Hughes or Munster off just to manage their workload a little bit if they get out to a comfortable lead. You know, they, they can fit him into the centres even if they wanted to as well. So, uh, yeah, he's been really good watching him. He's playing with a little bit more confidence last week, which was just the thing that I noticed most about Little Papi as well. 
yeah, that's that's what you want from him. You want him to be running at the line hard. You want him to be looking for gaps. Um, you could tell the first or second game back where he was kind of stopping at the line, not running at full speed, whereas last week he actually was hitting the line a bit harder. And that's yeah, exactly kind of run through people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Nico Hines being back on the bench for the first time, well, since he's really come into this squad. Um, so he's still owned by 14% of teams. Are we seeing him as a sell? What do, what do you think? Uh, if you can afford to, yeah, I probably would. If you can't, again, another person that you could possibly run a loop with. Just yeah. a handy Julie having have, sitting there. And again, he's, the sort of, he's in the sort of team that he can come on and play 20 minutes and still score a 50. So, yeah, and the sort of player wrong. as well. He is, um, he has lost a lot of cash already, though. But I, I expect him to keep losing cash at this point. Like I think his break even's up around sixty, sixty-five. Not that that really matters at this point yeah. of the year, but I, I don't see him getting more than probably twenty, thirty minutes on the park as that utility. Yeah, um, I agree. If you can afford to sell him, if you can sell, if you have a trade, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> if you have any trades left, he's probably the best one to make. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah, um, yeah, fair. Uh, righto. Oh, and Harry Grant as well, coming off the back of a 93, obviously starting hooker playing 80 or close to 80. Um, probably not going to see that again, I'd imagine. Um, still see good scores. Like off the bench, he was still scoring around 50, but not not a 90. Yeah, he's likely. a one-point-a-minute player. Really good watching last week play 80. No, he can do it. Probably not going to see it for the rest of the year again now that Brandon Smith's back. So, yeah, wishful thinking. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, moving on to the Sunday games. So probably the biggest blowout of the uh, weekend is Manly take on the Dogs with a big, big shuffle for the Dogs forward pack. Uh, but starting off with Manly, we see Tom Trebojevic uh, return at fullback, which sees Tavita Funa move out of the squad with... Uh, oh, he's actually got a two-game two, two game ban for a shoulder charge on Elliot Whitehead uh, last week. Uh, Brad Parker also returns after being given a week off following a high shot on Ryan Madison and pushes Moses Suley back to the reserves. Uh, Sipley retains his spot at prop with Josh Alloyer um, being named on the interchange. For the dogs, um, lots of changes here. So for Adam Elliott, he's been stood down. Um, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Luke Thompson has been suspended along with Corey Waddell. So they're both out of the team. And Corey Horsburgh and Ryan James have finished their loan spell and have moved back to the Canberra team. And they've been replaced by Ave Siamanifanai and Jack Hetherington in the starting front row. And a new look second row with Matt Dury and Joe Stimson, followed by... Uh, Josh Jackson at lock. Bailey Biondi-Adoi is uh, promoted to starting dummy half in the number nine, and Jackson Tapine has dropped to the extended bench. And the new look bench is Brendan Wakeham. He returns. Okahiki Ogden, uh, Chris Patolo, and Sione Katoa, with Lachlan Lewis and um, Carl Flanagan being the two starting halves, and Jake Avrilo amongst the reserves. Moon. I think it's a question of how many this week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot. <laughs> uh, look, for the dogs, I'm going to keep this one short and sharp. Josh Jackson, great. Joe Stimson, excellent. That's about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree <laughs> with that. Actually, another one for the dogs, Lachlan Lewis. Oh, yeah. He always seems, of, to, always yeah. seems to score pretty well. Two, two games in the 60s, and before that he had uh, an 80 and a... A 40 odd, I think. So, not terrible scores. Um, the lowest being a 46, I think, in the last four weeks. So, um, looks pretty handy when he starts. 
Uh, yeah, somewhat handy in a deep draft league if you can pick him up off your RFA's grand final week this week for all your head-to-heads and um, fantasy leagues and whatnot. So, yeah, don't mind him as a sneaky pick-up and, you know, drop for a loop, something <laughs> like that. Otherwise, yeah, he's never going to be fantasy re- uh, classic relevant while he doesn't play 80 minutes. If he played 80 minutes every week, I'd probably pick him up if he was priced around the 450 maybe 500k as a smoky yep. for my bench just because I know that he does a shitload of kicking and kind of does everything for this dogs team. So I, li- I like that. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. He, he tries too much sometimes. It, it just doesn't look good on the field. as not people around him. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, enough dogs chat. Move on to yep. <laughs> Yeah, every week. <laughs> I had, seriously, points everywhere. I, yeah. I don't see anyone scoring under 50. Oh, that's a big shout. No, I, I it's, I mean, it's not going to happen. But <laughs> but still, there is, there's definitely attacking stats to be made. Well, they, they put 66 points on them last time they played. Yeah, and the Dogs team's arguably in worse shape than yeah. it was that game. So I, I don't know. I think Matt Dory and Joseph Timpson neither are 80-minute players these days. So, you know, they're going to be gassed. By the, by the 50th, 55th minute, this Manly team plays very fast with you know, the likes of Turbo, even him running around the middle, taking a hit up into these front rowers, they're going to, this is going to be too quick. So I think that it, you think it's just going to be bad. It's just not going to be good. Yeah. They're <laughs> going to be, they're going to be struggling to stay on their feet. I think by the, by the 70th, 75th minute, <laughs> which could, thing. which could be a case of, do they rest players if they start winning by too much? Absolutely. I, I think, think that's, that's the biggest scary. risk. Yeah. Turbo and DCE this week are uh, big risk of that happening, but I think it's um, offset by the fact that they're going to get so many attacking stats at the same time. Yeah, especially with someone like Dylan Walker around on the bench who's very capable yeah. to fill half centre fullback. fullback. Yeah. So, you know, you could see a major reshuffle just anywhere at any time. So I would not be surprised if that happened at all. Yeah, they also have Lawton there who can push Schuster to a to the halfback. You know, they've got a lot of different combinations that they could they could. Make. Oh, I was going to say Lachlan Croker into the halves who plays nine. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> versatile. <laughs> yeah, very versatile there. So look, I think Turbo's probably still going to put plenty of points on. He'll probably have sixty seventy by halftime if they played <laughs> like last time. Yeah. Um, but. DCE might be a bit riskier, I'd say. Uh, unless he gets a lot of points in the first half, DCE could be looking at a at a lower score if Turbo gets a lot more of the attacking stats. They could rest DCE pretty quickly um, if they're 40, 50 points up, um, you know, with 20, 30 minutes left. So uh, I guess ones to worry about, but not hugely a worry, right? No, you'd start them both for sure. Yeah, exactly. Righto. Yeah. Moving away from those, (laughs) yeah, absolutely, to the last game of the round, which sees the Panthers take on the Tigers. For the Panthers, James Fisher-Harris has returned, as well as winger Brian To'o into their starting team, which sees Matt Eisenhuth and Brent Naden drop out of the squad. Um, Dylan Edwards has been named and will be monitored uh, throughout the week as he progresses from his head knock. Um, Should he be ruled out? Stephen Crichton will come in to fullback for Edwards. Uh, Tyron May has been named to return on an extended bench as well. For the Tigers, Matt, uh, sorry, 5'8", Adam Dewey has been left out of the squad after his knee issue last week and has been replaced by Jock Madden in the halves. Thomas McKayley and Jacob Little return at prop and hooker um, with Joe Offerhand-Gowie and Jake Simpkin dropping back to the interchange. 
Uh, Alex Seapath has returned from a knee injury via the bench, and Tuki Simpkins and Billy Walters have been relegated to the reserves. Um, yeah, that's it. So, Moon, uh, last game of the round, another one by how much? Yeah, yeah, I think this is going to be blowout also. Sorry to all those Tigs fans out there. Yeah, heart was broken last week. It just means that it, you can turn it off this week. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, fantasy-wise, look, um, from the Tigers, oh, probably no one. Maybe Alex Twile if he gets the minutes. Oh, with the bench, yeah, I'd say Alex Twile actually. Yeah. Alex uh, Safar. Alex Safar probably comes and takes a couple of minutes of maybe 20, 25. I don't know. He's been pretty ordinary when he plays. He's just coming back from suspension, I think. So, yeah, I think Twile plays 60 plus minutes comfortably. Otherwise, good, pretty good for the last couple of weeks from, for those 60 minutes, scoring around the, well, he's averaging around the 65 point mark, but his scores have been pretty erratic, as high as 75, as low as 48. So, pretty good range, I'd say. As long hasn't, as he keeps those minutes up. He hasn't missed a tackle in five games, which is that's unbelievable. Huge. That's why Madge could put him back in the squad, I reckon. And that's yeah, honestly, just let him play as many minutes as you want. If you're not gonna miss a tackle, Jesus, that's the one thing that uh, the Tigers need is someone who can tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's it about it for the Tigers. I think I don't think it's even worth going into the other options there. And then for the Pants, I think it's having much and much as with our storm analysis, I think it's gonna be all of them. Pretty much. Uh Tao right. back on the wing. Um do you think he still gets two hundred plus meters? Or do you think yeah. he's gonna be a bit quieter? No. He he doesn't seem like the sort of player who's just gonna shy away from the ball just because he's coming back from injury. He's in the team because he's hundred percent fit. And I think he's going to go back to doing Brian Toto things. He's just going to be unbelievable. Weapon, post-contact meters, probably tries as well. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you saw the post from NRL Physio, but uh, he returns after, from a syndesmosis injury after only five weeks, which is one of the shortest in the last five, six years. So yeah. um, pretty early return. I don't know if there's any lingering issues or he just wants to get straight back onto the park, but it'd be interesting to see how he comes out in the first half. The, they've, got no point, they've got no point in risking him. So I think if he wasn't yeah. 100%, they wouldn't play him. Yeah, that's fair. So I, he must be 100% to go and he'll be playing 80 at 100%, I reckon. You'd hope so. And uh, speaking of players that are back to 100%, Nathan Cleary um, backed up his return two weeks ago with uh, 100-plus score this week, just gone. Uh, Easily the obvious set-and-forget captain for the next two rounds? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Or is there a caveat? Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you're ranked, right? So if you're, again, sitting... You know, somewhere where you, you've got this, if you look at the top 50 ranked teams and you've got very similar teams, I think that you kind of start, need to start looking at, you know, if you have the exact same team, look at other captaincy options, maybe. I don't know, look at these matchups and maybe risk a turbo over a Nathan Cleary that all these other people might go because, you know, he's just so good. I don't know, that's sort of my thinking as well. I've yeah. talked about this before and I think that it, start, it becomes, you know, a desperate time calls for desperate, desperate measures. And I think you're not wrong there. And the fact that we're talking about, you know, players being rested um, early, uh, this seems like one of those games where if the Panthers get enough points ahead, you know, Cleary's going to get uh, pulled. Maybe even Brian Toto gets pulled, you know. They can easily put players like, you know, Matt Burton in there and um, move players to the wing where they need to. So it's one of those games where they could make a, you know, a couple of move um we'll move a few players around with like 20 minutes left to go and then cleary maybe only finishes on like a 50 or a 60 and you you're left a bit stranded so 
things to things to think about, I guess, for this round yeah. next. Yeah. Yeah. Comes a bit a little bit harder. Yeah, big yeah, some big brain moves need to be made here. Absolutely huge <laughs> brain moves need to be made. Um need to have a five head for these kind of moves. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's that's all the teams for, for this round. And we have a few fan questions, which I'll quickly just throw at you before we get into our, you know, captains and top scorers and all that kind of kind of jazz. Um, so from Will, um, let me bring it up. Sorry. So from Will, uh, I have my head-to-head grand final this week. Do I play Simonson, Mbai, or Tomoko? Thinking of playing Mbai and looping Tomoko, what do you reckon? Yep, love your play Mbai and loop Tomoko option. Oh, I thought you... Ooh, that's interesting. I honestly thought you would prefer Simonson over Mbai. Nah, Simonson on the wing. Uh, Mbai, just because he's sitting around the halves and no Dewey, so he might do some. Might do a little bit of... Oh, no, actually, that's a lie. Where is Mbai playing? He's playing at fullback. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of yuck either way. And I think that Tomoko is going to score much better than both of them anyway, so I think that no matter which one you start, Mbai, um, Tomoko outscores any of them. So, yeah, yeah. I, I actually think if you're thinking of looping, I don't think Mbai is the player against the Panthers. I think Simonson is probably a, a better bet of getting a big score against the Warriors. Um, and you yeah. play Tomoko because Tomoko is the obvious one to play, really. I think uh, that's no, you can't one. loop then, though, because they're both in the same team. So that's oh, why I guess you're saying that's uh, because they're both in the same team. So, yeah, I would just... Well, I'll just say play Tomoko. I wouldn't even loop. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty pretty safe to say Tomoko because I don't think Empire is going to go big against the Panthers, don't you reckon? Now that you've said that, watch him. No, absolutely not. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's fair. I'd say Tomoko though. Safe bet. Yep, agreed. And uh, next question from Coley: Who's the best cash out option between Metcalf and Amone? Uh, Ooh. Amone probably plays more minutes. Uh, yeah, Amone, I think. Without, sorry, going back to our talk of Ben Hunt probably not coming back, I'm going to say Amone. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I mean, that'd be stupid to risk Ben Hunt for one round, um, possibly get injured, just let him have the, the season off now. Um, but I guess Metcalf will definitely stay in that, that Shark squad. Like, it's only two rounds, but he'll definitely be in that team. Whereas... I- Oh, actually, yeah. maybe not. I mean, they've got Moylan and Connor Tracy lingering around, so he has one bad game. He could be replaced, but, I mean, there's no senior player that's going to take that role from him, if that makes sense. The but... thing with the Dragons is they're not afraid to shift Ben Hunt, uh, Ben Hunt, Corey Norman to the centres or whatever, so they might yeah. they could just do something dumb like that. Yeah, they could move Tyrell Sloan into the halves and Amone out and someone Honestly, else. Who knows? Fullback. I mean, who knows? But I think Amone is probably, you're right, the safest bet um, yeah. and got a lot more base stats for his 70. Um, on the week just gone, so he's probably the the safer option of the two, I'd say. Agreed. Excellent. So it's just those two questions, Moon. Um, but I think the biggest question is, who do you want to captain this week? That's probably what everyone's thinking. What are your what are your captaincy options, and who are you going to settle on? Me personally, I'm a little bitch. I'm going to go Cleary <laughs> because I'm no chance yeah. of getting into the top 100 sort of thing. So I, I'm okay with, with Cleary. I think if you're going for a, a pod option, though, Cameron Murray is probably my choice for this week, personally. That's a good option. I think he's got plenty of uh, plenty of attacking stats to make through the middle against the Roosters. Yeah, looking What's at that bench as well, I think he plays huge minutes. So yeah, yeah. How yeah, about yourself? What, what would you say? I I know we talked about it just before, but Turbo, if you're looking at pod captaincy options, I think Turbo's the obvious one, right, against the Bulldogs. 
Um, he's probably going to be scoring two to three tries, plenty of try assists like he normally does. I mean, the last time he played them, he played the full 80 and got 75, which with three tries as well. So he didn't exactly go crazy, but that in itself, if he scores three tries again and, you know, gets a couple more tackle busts or some more meters, um, yeah, he could be looking, looking very good and closer to a hundred. Um, yeah, I was yeah. thinking that also, but I'm also scared myself. I've scared myself by saying that he could be rested. rested. Yeah, and you're probably he's more likely to be rested, right? Like, yeah, especially considering how injury prone he has been in the past. So, um, I think if you're if you're pretty if you've got a pretty good team and you're looking pretty good, I think Cleary's the obvious choice. To be fair, yeah, um, always is. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of pot options out there. I mean, Haas has even been in really good form recently, and against the Sharks as well, who need a win. There should, could be plenty of points, plenty of tackles to be made through the middle, and he's been getting tons of minutes. So yeah, they love even, him. He's tackled the Sharks, so I yeah, agree. Even Teddy, in tremendous form, last couple of weeks off the back of a hundred as well. So look, there's plenty of players there to pick from. Yeah, it's probably one I wouldn't go for just against the the Bunnies. Oh, do you think it's more risky? I think the fact that he's been yeah. in more of a playmaking role. I think he's getting a lot more, lot more hands on the ball, a lot more attacking stats because of it. But I guess you're right against the, against the bunnies, it could be a bit more difficult for him. I think his base goes up, 100 percent as he's in that playmaking role. But I think that his, his, you know, he probably only gets has a ceiling of 100 uh, of 100 of, <laughs> of 50 <laughs> this week. Yeah. yeah. But you know, look, anything can happen with that man. We've all seen it. Yeah, absolutely. I guess if you look at his previous scores against, oh, actually top four teams, he hasn't looked terrible against the his last game against Penrith. He got an eighty five, um, but if you compare that to the Storm, he only got a forty one against Storm. So, who knows what's going to happen there? I mean, winger fullbacks always a risk, but uh, yeah, you, yeah, you've got to kind of risk it if you want to get some big points. Um, and yeah, that takes us to the end of the pod. So, uh, I think just one big question to wrap us up: Who do you think is going to top score this week? Every team, whole round. A Cleary against the Teaks. It's dangerous. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depends if he gets rested, but yeah, Cleary's a pretty safe option, I think, this week. Yeah, we've talked him up. Don't, no, don't captain him because, you know, he's going to get rested or whatever. <laughs> I want to captain him. I don't want everyone else to captain him. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. No, Nathan Cleary for sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Cleary yeah. all the way. Uh, as usual, we'll put up our, our um, post on our Instagram at fantasy, oh, sorry, at footy brains pod uh, on Insta uh, with our post of the captains and how many people chose each captain. So you can look at the pod options. Um, and yeah, that wraps us up. Thanks for your time, Moon. And we'll see everyone next week. No worries, mate. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. Look out for our round 24 review and round 25 preview coming next week.